0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and I am so excited about our conversation today. We have Colin Stroud and Anne-Marie Schleter. Uh, Anne-Marie and I go way back. Colin and I go back in ways we didn't even know. And, uh, man, they are doing some great stuff in their lives, they're, the work that they're doing for the Lord. they got some really exciting things coming up in, in their personal lives we're going to get into. Uh, we're going to be talking about why do Catholics go to Latin Mass sometimes and who's right? The people that go to Latin Mass or the people that don't go to Latin Mass. And all that Catholic weird stuff, all of that stuff is coming up right after this. I could not be more excited to be here with you right now. I mean, obviously it's virtual. I'm not actually with you, but like I'm in front of your eyes, I'm in your ears and my heart, my heart is with you outside of time and space. Um, I just want you to know before we get into this, that if you enjoy the content being developed here at Awaken Catholic for you, you could be a part of what makes this all possible by joining the Awaken Nation. The Awaken Nation is a group of people that make all of the work we do here at Awaken Catholic possible. Uh, it's all thanks to people like yourselves. And if you are interested in joining the Awaken Nation by making uh, a monthly contribution, whether it's the size of a small cup of coffee per week or, you know, bigger, more, more bigger cup of coffee, uh, maybe a jumbo sized cup of coffee, whatever, whatever cu- cups of coffee you're into, you know, equivocate that to whatever amount you want to join the Awaken Nation for. Man, this got out of hand. Anyways, visit awakencatholic.org slash donate to join the Awaken Nation. And the other cool thing is you get exclusive content when you join the Awaken Nation between presentations and insider looks at the, the shows being developed and then even bonus content that a lot of the show hosts make just for members of the Awaken Nation. Make sure to check that out. And if you didn't know, we have an app and the app is awesome. And members of the Awaken Nation have a really special little part of the app that is you know, where they find their stuff. But... The app is free and all other than the Awaken Nation, all the stuff in the app is free. It's a social media alternative. It's a hub for your favorite Catholic content. I mean, what more could you ask for? Well, I'll tell you what more. I'll tell you what more as I hit my microphone stand. There is music on the horizon, original Catholic music that you will find in the music part of the app. There's a prayer library. You can get some awesome Catholic swag in the shop. The fun never ends, folks. Check out theawakenapp.io for, um, you know, if if you're tired. Of the toxic social media culture, if you're tired of Catholic media that. Is lame. Um, this is the app for you, theawakenapp.io. Okay, uh, and finally, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Select International Tours. Let's roll the thing.
1: Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset, visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in the Sioux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall, 2021, join Select International Tours with Claire Swinarski and Catherine Whitaker, along with a host of other powerful Catholic women, on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River cruise pilgrimage in France. Join our friends at Select International Tours and Cruises, with over 34 years of experience. They are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com/awaken. Bon voyage.
0: We love Select International Tours, our sponsors for this episode and so many others. Also, if you didn't know, we are going to the Holy Lands this year. That's right. There's an Awakened Catholic pilgrimage to the Holy Lands. Literally a dream come true for me. It could be a dream come true for you, too, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're into that. So check out, uh, I think it's Org for more information on that. Okay, without further ado, I have drug out. I've dragged out. I've done things to elongate and prolong the highly anticipated guest feature of Colin Stroud and Annie Marie Schleter. I'm sorry. It's not Annie Marie. It's Anne Marie or it's Annie, right?
2: Yeah, you're good. My grandpa calls me Annie Marie, so you can get on that level.
0: (laughs) Did you just say I'm on the... Am I like your grandfather now?
2: (laughs) I mean, honestly, my grandpa's the coolest person I know, so... If you're like my
0: grandpa. It's pretty, pretty good sign. Oh my gosh, guys! You might see for the first time Nick Delatorio on The Awakened Catholic shed a tear. It might happen. <laughs> uh, gosh. Okay. So Annie, I am so excited to have you here. You have just become this awesome woman doing amazing things for the Lord, and um, I have known you since. You were just a wee, let me get in the camera here. You you were just a wee little thing, you know, which right now I'm sitting, so this doesn't look that wee. So maybe like down here. Anyways, you were so (laughs) young, you and your siblings, and I just instantly fell in love with your family. Your family is such a beautiful Catholic family. Um, And it's not just because you guys have like 20 kids. It's because you guys just live the gospel and and you live mission. And I've always admired that about um, the way that you were brought up, like the way that your parents and uh, in, involve you in the work of of bringing uh, the gospel to people of bringing the Lord to people um, and that you you as kids were like there for it. I mean you were there praying, you were there worshiping, you were there helping out in whatever way you could help. Um, and I just, I think that's so cool. And, and I find myself, my wife and I find ourselves, uh, wanting, like it'll, it'll occur to us like, Oh, how would the Schleters do this? You know? (laughs) Um, and so I just, and, and, you know, you see the fruits in it, uh, Joseph, John Paul, like they've turned out to be amazing young men, uh, and they're doing crazy cool stuff. And, and you're down there in Florida. And the only reason I didn't, you know, mention Catherine or or Grace, like they're, I think they're still in high school. Is that?
2: Still in high school, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, (laughs) But yeah, so you guys are just killing it. Talk to us about like what you've been up to.
2: Wow, praise God. Thank you. I'm so moved by all of that. And actually, Nick, it's so funny because as I was praying about this show today and thinking about it, you were the first person to ask me to speak at something and share my testimony when I was like, gosh 15 mm-hmm. I think it was somebody didn't show up who was supposed to show up <laughs> or something and I don't even know how it happened but all of a sudden I just remember being in Saint John of Arc holding a microphone and looking out into a sea of the great old people who are the reason that the Catholic Church still <laughs> stands.
0: that's so accurate <laughs>
2: it's so funny too because like when I talk about my testimony or whatever really in that time of my life I was undergoing this conversion that obviously is still going on today but i'm like what the heck was i doing with a microphone like mm-hmm. somebody take that away <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway so that's that's a beautiful uh memory that i have but down here in florida gosh so um yeah the lord has me in a very interesting season right now because it's definitely i'm not doing as much and which is odd because like you mentioned um i grew up in a in a ministry family and my friends used to call me like the catholic version of the pastor's kid kind of vibes. <laughs> which is also funny because my dad gets called pastor greg on a regular yes. basis and doesn't really work but mm-hmm. it all kind of works so you're like the pastor of mass impact okay dad cool anyway <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so i yeah went from doing lots of ministry stuff with my family to coming down here to ave Maria, you know, university where I um, love, love the school um, like any small kind of startup institution it's not that old and there were gaps in terms of um, just you know people uh, there was a lot more work to be done mm-hmm. and the laborers were few and um, yeah so I just was really blessed to be able to plug in right away and start leading things and in my time at Ave I started two different worship nights that ran weekly one was for just women I started a household um, led a bunch of different retreats and this really had the lord's heart for the campus which it's beautiful and humbling looking back on my college time i only just graduated in may but seeing just how much in my own weakness and how much in my own ongoing conversion and growth the lord was just using my yes um and now it's beautiful because as we are preparing for marriage in may um i definitely have he's the lord has like slowed my heart in this postgraduate stage of just um really receiving and not necessarily I'm not in a spot that I'm leading a lot and organizing a lot and doing a lot which has been a beautiful kind of healing of my identity mm-hmm. um, and just being able to receive his love and be poured into in this season and um, so yeah so my kind of ministry if you will is a lot more online and, and writing and that sort of thing as as we're just really praying into what it's going to be to live out marriage and family life
0: yeah but but I would caution you to not downplay the impact that that can have um you know what you're doing now it seems maybe like it's just you in your room and you're typing and whatever but you know i've seen the traction that your content gets and and the authenticity and the, the beautiful the beautiful authentic expression of um you know wanting to submit everything you are to the lord and the example that you're setting for the people um in kind of living that internal life externally. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there's there's such a need for people to see that and see how beautiful that can be. Um, I remember when when you were in college and, and some of the worship uh, events that you were mentioning, you would make posts from those and uh, just such beautiful reflections on on kind of your experiences in those moments and what was the Lord telling you in that time. And people need to see that. Like we need to normalize those types of communication, those types of of dialogue about what our experiences are, because otherwise, like, we have this secularized culture where it's, like, weird if you talk about God too much or something, you know? Like, I— I'll, I'll give a talk in front of three thousand people. I'll tell all well before COVID. Uh, now it's fifteen hundred, cut it in half every other you know row. <laughs> Anyways, um, but you know you, I stand up in front of three thousand people and I'll tell them, okay, before I get this talk going, I want everyone to stand up and tell the person next to you one moment in your life where you encountered God and like there was no question in your mind that God was there. And then mm-hmm. they'll do it, and I'll give them like about two minutes to do that, and then I'll ask them to sit down and I'll say, all right. Raise your hand if that felt really awkward. And mm-hmm. it's incredible how I just watched an ocean of 3,000 hands go up because everyone felt awkward about that. And that's a yeah. part of the issue is we haven't normalized expressing those experiences. We haven't normalized talking about God like if he's actually a part of our lives. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, It's almost like this kind of private, like, uh, uh, it's, it's overly privatized in the sense that, like, it's kind of your own imaginary friend and you don't talk about it. It's like, no, 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 this is a real thing. And it's happening to me. It's happening. It can happen to you if you just, you know, drop the bull crap. Like, I I, I think that that, that's a beautiful thing. And all of that to say, overly verbosely, don't downplay what you're doing.
2: Mm, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I received that.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. All right. And Colin, so we just discovered that there's uh, kind of a... First degree of separation, second degree of separation, what would that be? Um, that we, you know, basically your dad connects us in a sense. Um, so uh, I used to work at the Diocese of Toledo, and there were a couple events that I had to work with your dad on where he, we invited him to come speak. And I noticed your last name as we were getting started here, and I've known your last name, but it never dawned on me. I was like, hold on a second. There's no way. That he's yes. related to Doc, the Dr. Stroud, Christopher Stroud. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the man. That's my dad. <laughs> so, yeah, what is it like growing up with, like, a celebrity Catholic doctor? Well, um, you know, he'd, uh,
3: he'd always tell us, you know, if you kids go to the mall, uh, not that we would go to the mall. We weren't even allowed to go to the mall, but if you kids are out doing something dumb, and uh, and you ever see someone, uh, just know that like they're going to let me know because they're probably my patient. <laughs> <And laughs> that was his that was his threat every time. And um, well, no, I never thought of him as a celebrity till. Um, uh, let's see. So they made, they, they made a few videos about him. I thought, mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's my dad. Maybe he is one. And then, um, <laughs> then everywhere we go, people would know him. And so I'd say, he's just, he's a minor celebrity. He's humble man. He is. And he, he's not looking after the celebrity thing, but he's, he's doing great stuff. And I'm really yeah. proud. I'm and I think my dad is kind of the face of everything, but my mom actually does mm-hmm. sometimes more than him. Oh, She's wow. a nurse wife and works with him. And she started their, their Holy family birth center. Um, and she basically did. Uh, she basically spearheaded that whole project because uh, he was doing other stuff. And um, and so, yeah, my mom's kind of the, the hidden hero behind their 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 mission with with all their women's health stuff. So,
0: yeah, that is so they're, they're cool. They're, I'm really proud of them. Yeah. So for any of our listeners or viewers that don't know, Dr. Christopher Stroud has become notorious for really uh I think a, a real anointing from the Lord to bring healing to people that struggle with fertility. Um, so, so many married couples uh, will travel distances to get to Dr. Christopher Stroud. Is that in Indiana? Is that where that is? Um, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. And uh, he even at one point, because so many people were being directed to him from, you know, me and a few other people at the diocese, um, he he ended up like opening a temporary uh, like a once a month, he'll come and do like he'll do a pop up clinic here in Bowling Green, uh, Ohio. Um, the guy's just amazing. And, and you know, what you said about his humility I think is so important because he is uh, famous in the way that he is because of his goodness, because he mm-hmm. just serves and he loves on people. And I feel like that's the most Christ like way to do it. Like there are so many Catholic celebrities that you know about because they sell a million books and they are making a huge difference. In people's lives, those books are serving a huge role that is necessary, Um, you know, but these are also people that have marketing campaigns. These are people that have whatever, and they're trying to build up a brand. And there's a place for that because it ultimately serves a higher good. But like your dad is just on the ground floor saying to to married couples, saying to women, like, how can I help you figure out what no one else has been able to figure out yet? Like, how can how can we figure out what what we can do in partnership with God to to hone in on what the the very you know unique issue is that no one else has uncovered, and and let's attack that head on, and and find some healing and. Um, I know that his success rate is is like stupid compared to anyone else trying to do what he's doing, at least in this region. Um, and by stupid, I mean amazing. Uh, like, <laughs> like he, he's just killing it. And I, it makes me think like, dude, it's so Christ-like. Like Jesus Christ, he became famous because he walked around serving people and helping them and f- helping them find healing. Um, mm-hmm. And I just find that to be such a beautiful thing about your dad. I've never had an interaction with your dad that I wasn't like, Wow. Like that was—that's an awesome dude. Now let's talk about you, Colin. Um, <laughs> uh, not to put you in his shadow—that wasn't the intention. Um, no. So what are what are you doing? So you're you're working uh, with before before we started this episode, you guys shared with me that your workers on a team of three.
2: No, no, no. Because I, I was just like, man, team, whoever that—I'm the superior. Whoever that third person is—that is, that is
0: wow. so awkward. That third wheel in that <laughs> office setting, <laughs>
2: like. He's actually, he's actually, well, I'll let you talk, never mind.
3: Yeah, so I'm a student at Avi Maria University. I'm a junior. there studying accounting. And I do work for the marketing department. uh, But just a little bit. I just do, um, you know, I'm just narrowly. He's my employee. And well, the funny thing is that... is that it was kind of presented when I was getting hired, like Annie was going to be my boss, and so we got to have a lot of fun about that. And uh, I was like, oh, Annie, you know Annie's in charge of me, but really, Annie isn't my boss <laughs> by any means of it at all. Any kind of, means,
2: any means. Yeah, so. she's,
3: but, oh boy, um, we're in the same vineyard, but um, just separate, separate vines. You know. Yeah and have
0: there Have there ever been like weird dynamics like, like Annie put you on the spot here? Like, have you ever been like, cr- man, I gotta, I gotta correct. You know what, on do we the do only
2: so his main thing that he takes care of is our daily um, internal communication with the students. So okay. he's in charge of putting that together and sending it out and all this stuff. But there's some weird technological Wi-Fi stuff that makes it so he has to be on campus to send it out. And this morning um, <laughs> he had a meeting with my boss, slash I guess our boss um, off campus, and so I picked up his computer and I was going to send it out, and he forgot to text me what the password was Oh no! and I was freaking out and it has to go out at whatever time, and so I knew one of the, I knew part of it, but I ended up locking myself out of the account so then I had to pull the um, uh, yeah, the staff card and call IT and be like I need you to unlock this student's account for me. Oh
0: my goodness!
2: <laughs> so, that was a little bit awkward, but I that's just, so funny. I mean, okay. you know I'm,
3: I'm, I'm in this important meeting, and I just get nine phone calls from Annie. So either she's on fire, <laughs> or, <just> gone, so.
2: <laughs> or you're about to be. yeah, that's
3: other than that it's good yeah. wow it, it mostly goes well so it's yeah
2: it's actually really nice because you yeah we'll probably never have this experience again where colin completely understands my work culture and work environment for better for worse and so being able to share that and uh just have that kind of communication is, yeah. is really cool it's nice
0: that is awesome and so you're still studying so what do you want to do once you graduate colin
3: that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I'm studying accounting uh, because I thought, you know, I wanted to study business, and it seemed like um, like a, a better way to specialize in that. Um, and I'm, I'm not set on a particular career. Um, I would like to be. and But the thing is, is that it, I think where I am right now, it's just I found a lot of peace in just kind of knowing, okay, there is not this one job I will not give my whole life just because I want to be a lawyer so badly. I know people right. like that, and I'm kind of jealous of them, but I'm also I also am not at all because uh, some – these people with like their 25 year plan of exactly what they're going to do starting at age 13. Um, I never really understood that. And I think we've all met people like that and it's hard. So anyway, I'm, I'm open to a lot of different things. I'm interested in marketing and communication stuff and accounting and finance. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's such a gift too um, to have good, Good connections um, around in Indiana, my parents and and uh, Annie's uh, parents in Toledo. Like, there's just good people out there, um, um, uh, good business owners that, that wanna they wanna help Annie and I both um, get jobs, whatever that is and whenever it is that we um, that we relocate, because we do uh, like we were saying before, we do really want to move back to the Midwest because while Florida's beautiful and it's 75 here and sunny um midwest is is home for us Mm -hmm. and uh we we love it there and he likes the seasons for some reason i don't like the seasons but i like the people (laughs) so um so that's the goal is to move back there and and so we'll see what happens so stay tuned for that
2: and not to interject but to uh to colin's horn a little bit um he is so talented and passionate also about bringing people together in community and event planning and just all, all things personal, interpersonal related. Um, I remember the first conversation I had with him, he was telling me about a homily that his, uh, pastor gave at one point about, was it multiply love? Oh yeah. Was that what it was? I don't know what made me think of this right now, but of like how, when we receive an act of love from somebody, it multiplies itself and Mm. you give it to somebody else. And it's just this really simple idea of, of it keeps going. Um, but that, I think that kind of explains really well what he's passionate about, and even just like your work ethic and stuff. That's really, really
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I hope you're able to find a way to use those gifts to bless the church specifically. Uh, I don't know if you're thinking about the religious sector or the or the secular sector, but um, yeah, those are really powerful tools to to be passionate about. And, and yeah, so that's awesome, man. I do have a bone to pick with both of you.
4: Good. <laughs> Speaking.
0: Speaking of having awesome things to offer the church and the people and not doing it. Uh, You guys last year came out with this beautiful. I mean, it was I think it might have had international acclaim podcast, the Colin and Annie show. And let me just in case you'd forgotten, let me let you know when the last episode was. It was April 9th of 2020. And in the episode, it's, you know, immediately kind of reacting to the initial pandemic stuff. And you mentioned, oh, my gosh, we're in the apocalypse. There's no toilet paper. There's no paper towels. Um, (laughs) And we're doing this over Zoom. But don't worry. Hopefully after this, we will do it in person again with good equipment and stuff. And I was like, so when? (laughs) Because, no, you guys, your podcast is so fun. I I discovered your podcast when I was on a road trip with Alina. We were coming back from uh, a conference we did in, in Raleigh, so we had this long drive and it gave us plenty of time to catch up on this newly found passion of ours, <laughs> the Colin and an- Annie show. Uh, and you guys had an episode. Let me see if I can find what it was called here. You had an episode about... <laughs> I'm just remembering some of the stuff, and it It was so funny. Literally, the title of the episode is Old People with an exclamation mark. And your commentary on the elderly was so... It was, like, all at once, very respectful and reverent, but still found a way to have so much fun with it. And I think if I were an old guy, I would have enjoyed it. But, man... (laughs) I was dying listening to that. And I just think in the way that you guys kind of touch on current events, like in that most recent episode on April 9th of 2020, just so we're remembering how long ago it was, um, you know, you guys even you do that segment where you're talking about like, what do you love right now? And, you know, and Colin, you even got into a little bit of the, um, the stuff that was happening with the initial stimulus package to help with the COVID relief and stuff. And like you, you just you, you touched on, on a, it was ultimately like informative, but it was also just fun. And um, I think the biggest thing it had going for it is something that is entirely unrepeatable. And that's just how like disgustingly adorable the two of you are together. So, you know, you're really doing a disservice to the people and the people want it. The people want it on behalf of the people. They want it. So let's go. <laughs>
2: you can answer that
3: if you say so let's see well you said it was worldwide famous i'm not sure if we ever had as many listens as number of countries in the world so uh, we'll have to well, that, it def-
2: we definitely had some international
3: lessons we actually we did yeah, yeah. it's funny you get that random one from indonesia Ukraine. yeah yeah
0: yeah i will <laughs> tell you fun. in my world it was famous we
3: appreciate it. it was very fun doing it we had we had so much fun doing it and um we just kind of yeah come up with these ridiculous episode things. i think i came up with old i'm pretty sure i came up with the old people thing i think (laughs) think it was based off just some rant i was i was already thinking about um so yeah so we well we were so we were long distance over the summer annie was working here in florida and i was in indiana so it made difficult so we thought okay we're definitely not going to do over the summer and then, you know, oh just you know, I, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm beating my chest now in repentance for just being lazy and no, I haven't started it. However, it is Annie's dream that we'll start it again, maybe under a new name, maybe just the yeah, Annie show. Yeah, I
2: actually I paid Nick to say this because <laughs> I'm, I, I'm on team uh, calling an Annie show.
0: Well listen, if you guys do move back to the Midwest, you can host a show here on Awakened Catholic. I've said it that. I've here said it publicly. So will it be. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, you guys, are, you guys are really, really great. And you know, there is a back catalog of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten episodes that you can binge right now, viewer or listener. At least wait till the end of this episode. Um, but we'll put a link to there uh, to the Spotify for that, or I don't know if there's another homepage we can link to in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get that figured out and we'll do that for you. It is worth checking out for sure. Um, okay. <laughs> Colin and Annie, it's time for the Kerygma Speed Round. And I'm eventually going to have like a little jingle that happens there, but not yet. <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> yeah, got a angle, <laughs> so question number one in the Kerygma Speed Round, and I'm going to ask this of each of you. Colin, you first. Okay. Who is Jesus to you?
3: Who is Jesus to me? Um... Uh, J- jesus is lord jesus of Nazareth. uh i was just thinking of the, the cover of the book uh by Benedict 16 mm-hmm. jesus of um but yeah he's just lord and um and he's god and um and he's the second person of the trinity and um and and he saved me from a lot of a lot of bad stuff and uh and um and he's just the object of of our worship so yeah that's, i would say yeah just off the top of my head that's who it is
0: that's beautiful annie
2: Mm. The word that came to my mind was um, pursuer. And I just like see the crucifix of Jesus, just everything that we know about Jesus, every line in scripture, even as as he's spoken and appeared to saints through the years. It's just him radically pursuing us with the father's heart. And that's how I've experienced him in my life is just like. Yeah, it's it's a cliche now, but it wasn't when it came out. Like the song "Reckless Love," it's just like no no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you mm. won't climb up, coming after me. And and truth, I think that the enemy. Uses cliche and and sometimes we'll just call truth a cliche and it loses its power in our lives. But objectively, like it can't lose its power and and we see Jesus in the Eucharist. Like the Mass is the ultimate pursuit of of me and of my soul. And yeah, that's who Jesus is to me.
0: That's awesome, beautiful. Okay, question number two, elevator pitch. You're you're standing on an elevator and you're stuck with someone and for whatever reason it comes up that you're a christian what's your elevator pitch for a life with jesus
3: you first yes You first. elevator pitch. well it depends how big the elevator is. yeah you get to oh, choose okay. how many
0: floors yeah
3: three floors um i think i think just go for meaning of life so you know there there has to be meaning of life there has to be a purpose for all this and if it's not um if it's not the christian life if it's not jesus if it's not um if it's not god then 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 what are we really even doing here and and what is the answer to all these terrible questions that you think of when you're laying up at night uh which i think we all do Mm. um and it's just been so clearly revealed um and and just a number of different ways uh that like this is uh this is the only way and so this is this is the purpose of life right here it's christian life so yeah that's it and then i and then I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of questions that follow that from them but that's that's i'd say my elevator pitch i love
0: it that's um, great It's meaning.
2: you'll just start screaming in tongues
0: yeah. <laughs> how about you
2: Annie? i would say similarly just that there has to be a point like uh, just appealing to the um just the ache of, of the soul of of you know when you binge Netflix too much or you eat too much food or something more serious um, like sexual sin or, or, or addiction or whatever else like uh, don't you feel the ache you know there's this emptiness and there's there's got to be more there's got to be more than whatever our immediate experiences and whatever is driving us to fill these human appetites um, and that more is Jesus Christ mm. and because of the, the liberation and the freedom that that is offered to us through the catholic faith we don't have to be slaves to the human appetites we don't have to be slaves to whatever is going on in the news that doesn't have to affect my attitude that doesn't mm-hmm. have to affect the way that i'm uh planning to live out my next however many years that that the lord gives me um because jesus says to us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light and so i'm not I'm not living as a slave, I'm living as a daughter, and I'm living in in the adoption of of God the Father. And I I love how the Christian faith is the only faith where our relationship to god is is that intimate and that beautiful and that free where we we're not i'm not a slave i'm not a second cousin like i'm an adopted daughter yeah. of, of the king and uh, something i learned recently that's interesting that i can throw into this elevator pitch quickly before we get to floor 12 is <laughs> that um So we talk about adoption a lot in the in the Catholic in the Christian Church, Catholic Church, and um, that actually used to bug me a lot because it's like, well, why can't I just be a full-on daughter of the King? Like, why do we always have to say we're adopted through the blood of the Lamb and all this stuff? And in Roman rule, in this thing that I read that I don't remember what it was, so I can't reference it, um, adoption was much more serious because Romans did not um, value life; they didn't uphold the dignity of life. Mm. And so, if you had a son or a daughter, biologically they would say that the gods or whoever gave it to you and so it was your right to throw it away versus oh. if you adopted a child that was your choice and so you were bound by that choice so that's my crazy for christian living is that the king of the universe chose me and so i'm gonna choose him
0: that's, that's so. intense and i love it that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard that response that's pretty interesting um uh, man i want to look more into that because that's pretty wild about the was it the roman empire is that what you said
4: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah interesting okay question number three in the curriculum speed round speed round speed round third and final question elevator pitch uh maybe it's a whole nother building or a continuation specifically a life as a catholic
4: Mm.
0: calling you first (laughs) Uh,
3: if you accept i mean if you accept the the first elevator pitch of you should be a Christian, then there, uh, then you have to ask yourself how you're going to practice and worship. Mm. And and Jesus established the Catholic Church um, as the, the one holy, apostolic church. It's the only one, and um, and 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 everything else, um, everything else falls a little bit short um, because it does not bring itself directly back um, to Jesus and uh i guess the greek orthodox people can fight there and i don't know the answer to that one because i know there's a whole thing <laughs> but the thing is is that um yeah and it is that direct succession um and nothing else offers that that direct line um of of contact right back t- uh to the meaning of life what we talked about before um to christ yeah. um and so that's yeah it's, that's the, that's the pitch uh, to be catholic is um is to be most united um, to god through success to the absolute succession
0: that's great mm-hmm. that's beautiful absolutely annie
2: so i would say similarly if you are to accept elevator pitch number one <laughs> and presupposing that you believe in the objective truth of jesus christ i think it was gk chesterton who said you cannot break the law you can only break yourself against the law so there's gotta be something there, it's is gotta be, Jesus has to be more than an emotion. And if he's a good, fa- if he's a good God, if God, the father is a good father. Then he will have left us with a way to live our life and with an authority that can direct us and that yeah. can guide us. And it goes all the way back to St. Peter. We have this beautiful, like you're saying, line of succession um, and, and just the depth and the richness. And I, you know, I probably wouldn't talk as much as I would just start recommending books or something because anybody else can- (laughs) better than I could and just showing the the reality of all of the tradition and beauty that we have the um that it's just it's again liberating that we free ourselves by by being formed by
0: super moving I love that um all right before we get any further I should mention that uh, today's episode is sponsored by Select International Tours let's roll the thing you. Yeah, you. You know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awakened Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, along with a host of other powerful Catholic women on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. Sacreble! Ugh. Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. In case you're wondering, no, I'm not ashamed uh, of my French accent. I'm, I'm darn tootin' proud of it. Anyways, uh, before we uh, continue, um, you know, Colin, you there? Annie, you uh, there? Yeah. You, you guys there? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard this. Um, there was a recent uh, move to, like, kind of lock down Florida and kind of keep people restricted and keep Mm -hmm. people out, keep people in somewhere in between, maybe both, it's a big party. Well, kind of alongside uh, what that legislation would have been, they were going to keep Floridians uh, from accessing uh, the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. So uh, here though, at Awaken Catholic, we say, no, you're not going to, you're not, we're not going to play that game. Uh, So uh, here we go with Catholic Weird Stuff
1: do the things that they do
0: on today's awakened catholic catholic weird stuff segment we're going to be talking about what are these catholics doing that go to a mass that is in a dead language of latin uh and and are they right and if you are one of those people that goes to a latin mass um you know, and you're wondering to yourself, why are all these people not going to a Latin Mass? Why are they going to Mass in a language they can actually understand? Are they right, or am I right? And are the other people wrong, and are we, should we go to war over this? Um, you know, no. The answer is no, you should not go to war over this. But we're going to get into this right now with Colin and Annie. Uh, Colin and Annie... You uh, said in our pre-show work that you are currently you've been you've been attending a Latin mass and that you're kind of digging it. You're 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 picking up what they're putting down, drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, we
2: decided that anybody who doesn't go to the Latin mass is going to hell. Oh my gosh! And... <laughs> <laughs> no, totally joking. We we still go to both. We go to the Novus Ordo and the Latin mass, but um, most Sundays we've been going to the Latin mass.
0: Yeah, and can you explain Novus Ordo? Like, what what is the, the fundamental difference between the two?
2: yeah so i think
3: my uh my my sister who's younger than me learned that word novus ordo and she just started throwing it around because she thought it was cool she knew a word <laughs> like, I was like, it's like no it's not a big deal so there's just um, she'd literally a, there, be um, like oh novus ordo it, it, it's totally like, out of context hey. <laughs> it's like you learn one cool word relax mm-hmm. but um so no basically um so pope paul vi uh to, after the vatican uh, towards the end of the Second Vatican Council, after the Vatican Council, um, instituted this new mass. um, So it's called the Novus Ordo, new order, new mass, I think, new Literature. I'm not exactly sure how it exactly translates. So there was the the mass uh, of the Council of Trent, I think is what it was. And it's, that was in the 1500s. So it was basically the same up until the Second Vatican Council after that, I think it was in the uh, late 1960, maybe it was 1972 or something. The new mass came as, that's the Novus Ordo. So that's in English uh, or the vernacular. So whatever language is in. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit different. Some stuff was added, some stuff was taken out. Um, just, and basically, so most people's uh, only, I mean, Annie and I, the only thing we really knew uh, was that mass. And we didn't really even know. We maybe heard, uh, rumors. There was this, these weirdos doing this older mass. Um, but we hadn't really, it wasn't really a part. And, and I think it still really isn't a part of normal Catholic culture, mm. uh, because it's just, it's, it's, it was relatively not part of anything, uh, our culture especially in America. And then it's on its way back now. So we actually go to a fraternity, um, of, Sorry, Fraternal Society of St. Peter, uh, the FSSP. They have apostolates in almost every major city in America. And uh, they have three different parishes. They work here in Naples, Fort Myers area. And so they, they are a priestly order whose charism really is just uh, teaching about the Latin Mass and doing it. Yeah, so they're really great and super awesome, and we've really enjoyed getting to know them and, and the community there. And so, yeah, so they only, at this parish particular, they only offer the the Latin Mass, the Old Mass, the Tridentine Mass. People say Tridentine, that's another weird word. Uh, that refers to the Council of Trent, so the Mass of the Council of Trent, which is 15 something. Uh, I gotta,
0: and another I term my. is ad orientum. Well, yeah, well that's, so
3: that's another term. That's another kind of buzzword term. Um, adorantum just means uh, to the east. And so when you, one of the big changes is um, in the new mass, the Novus Ordo, is that pe- the priest was facing uh, towards you versus facing away from you. Um, now, the goal was never to face away because he hates you. It was mm-hmm. facing east and there's there this whole theology of uh, praying to the east and uh, kind of praying with the people yeah. so that's one of the, the, the defining characteristics is just switch or turn around mm-hmm. and that's if you're if you're wondering what mass you're at well, is the priest facing you or facing away <laughs> that's a good one so um, yeah. yeah that's another good word to and, know
0: and that is an interesting thing that's different between saying ad orientum versus tridentine or latin mass ad orientum is just about the, the position the posture of the priest primarily um, because you can have an ad orientum to mass, where the priest is facing east, facing the altar away from you, yeah. uh, that is still in English. Um, and actually, I, I have a really beautiful memory of probably my first ad Orientum Mass I ever attended, where uh, Alina was about to give birth to our first child. And um, I was working at St. Joan of Arc Parish, and that's where I met the Schlieders. Uh, And I was uh like elena was like about to burst like baby lulu because we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl it was going to be lucas if it was a boy and lucia if it was a girl baby lulu was ready to come out and uh so i think the day before she was due um she was in the office just saying hi to me and father adam hertzfeld came up to us in my office and he was like hey um would you like to pray the mass with me and and i, I would love to offer it for your labor and, and for your baby and your health and everything and we were like, yeah. So we went into the chapel. It was just me, Elena, and Father Adam. And he did.
3: Oh wow!
4: I know.
0: Yeah, and he prayed the Mass ad Orientum, which I had never experienced. Elena definitely had never experienced because she's a convert. Um, and uh, he had us uh, do the liturgy of the word, um, like he, we we uh, read the passages from the uh, the the Bible other than the Gospel, which he th- then read. Um, but it was like so intimate and so beautiful. And it's amazing to me how intimate it felt despite it being ad orientum. Because a big, a big thing that people don't like the ad orientum about is that the, you're looking at the priest's back. And it can feel from from a certain lens, from a certain perspective, it can feel like you're like he's cut off or like it's like he's stuck up or something. Well, I can tell you that in that moment when it was the three of us, it felt intimate. It felt like the three of us were similarly focused on the Lord. Mm-hmm. It, felt, it, it felt like it wasn't the Father Adam show. It was, all, we were all pointing our gaze to the Lord. Um, and there's so much beauty in that experience. Uh, I came away very moved by that, obviously. And, um, but there's so much beauty in like us kind of being willing to get stuff out of the way that is, we, we think is, is going to make us happier. And really stripping things down to the bare bones of like, what are we really supposed to be doing here? You know, um, and I was—I've actually—I've wrestled with this conflict for a long time because I've been a worship leader, um, yeah, for, like a, a contemporary music uh, music director for you know various parishes that I've worked at, and uh, most recently in the in the time that I've been building Awakened Catholic and, and that we've been going to town on that, I had still been. Um, leading the music for uh, a parish here locally in in, uh, Perrysburg or in Maumee. And I I just went back to that parish. I I stopped uh, recently because we needed to kind of, you know, simplify our lives. There was too much going on the whole time that uh, maybe not the whole time, but, but but progressively throughout the years, I have wrestled more and more with what my role had been when leading music in the context of the sacred liturgy, because there were so many occasions, for example, that, you know, people would clap after a moving song or something or, um, and and it's, you know, I'm not like some finger wagging person when it comes to liturgy, but I also, my heart hurts in those moments because it's like, okay, you're clapping because A, I didn't do a terrible job b <laughs> b you were moved by the song or by the, my my leading of it or whatever but like if we understood the theology of what's actually happening at the sacred scripture or the sacred scripture the sacred liturgy nobody would be clapping
4: mm, yeah
0: nobody everyone would be weeping
4: mm-hmm.
0: if we understood weeping but like maybe initially from like sorrow over what we were in, uh accessing but then also joy at the same time. Like, I'm sure that if if we had a true, deep understanding of what it was, because essentially what happens in the mass is it's like spiritual time travel. Like we access the power, the sacrifice of the actual crucifixion at mass in the consecration. Like literally we're there on our knees during the consecration. And it's almost as though we are transported in time and space to the foot of the cross and we are accessing the sacrifice of the cross in the Eucharist here and now. And if we had any clue, like what was behind the veil that we couldn't see in that moment, um, we would feel the way that Mary and John felt that day you know, where it's a very conflicted, like, this is incredible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. This is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Like, you know, if our hearts aren't filled with, like, repentance and and overjoy of, like, uh, if we aren't overjoyed by by the love that he had for us, that if any one of us was the only human being, he would still do that. I'm getting off on a tangent. My point is that um, I I love that uh, that you guys brought this topic up because Alina and I have been wrestling with kind of similar... Uh, we've been wrestling with, okay, do we want to try to experiment with other masses? Like we've only ever gone to Novus Ordo masses. Um, and I think that we in this culture are so hungry for something that that tr- is transcendent, something that takes us to a higher plane of existence. And, and it cannot be more transcendent than when literally heaven kisses earth in the mass.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. I think I've been very disillusioned by how nonchalantly we treat the liturgy um, yeah, today. Totally. And I talked a little bit about that in uh, one of my recent Catholic weird stuff segment uh, pieces um, when we were talking about like uh, how, cause I had an Orthodox guest at the time uh, on that episode. So she was talking about why she loves being Orthodox and stuff. And, um, but yeah, so what, what about, the Latin Mass, the Tridentine Mass. What about it has been attracting you guys to it?
2: Do you want to go first? Oh sure. Um, Colin kind of spearheaded it, the well, attraction.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, it was. I think there's this po- there's a positive and there's a negative aspect to it, um, and I say like, or maybe affirmative and negative is better words. Um, so on the on the I'll start with the negative side. The negative side there's a there's a frustration in the church, um, and we all experience this. I think everyone can agree that there's these specific ways that we are uh, the church has asked us to worship that's laid out in the Vatican II documents and um, for the new mass. And there's this all these instructions that's so beautiful, and yet there's basically not a single parish in the entire country who follows any of those to the T. So if you read the the documents on the liturgy from vatican ii it's almost unrecognizable what mass would look like if we just followed all those i mean i'm being dramatic there so there's a level of frustration and i know that that drive drove me a little bit to think okay is there something are we missing something here and i um and, and maybe that wasn't necessarily driving Annie, um, but th- so that's the, the negative side. And, and I don't think that's a good reason to go to the Latin mass because that's like a, an issue with the church. And I think you need to kind of figure that out in obedience and humility. But on the uh, affirmative side is where I really want to focus, which is um, saying nothing about the new mass, saying not even having, making no criticism of it because it's not really my place to be doing that. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
3: It's so beautiful. The new, the old is so beautiful and so, uh, like Latin, I don't know anything about Latin. It's odd, <laughs> but it takes you to a new place. And it's um and the music, for example, um you know I have led i I was I was the director of music ministry uh, at the, at school at Ave Maria University here for the last two years. So I've been doing a lot of music stuff, and I've actually stopped that now. And um and the music at the Latin Mass, so the the chant, the polyphony has been amazing. Mm. Um and just the the uh how in touch there with the liturgy i mean for example the antiphons which some people are are never even heard before um there's in every single mass there's an opening antiphon there's an offertory antiphon there's a communion antiphon and there's a uh yeah there there might be more might be missing those are beautiful antiphons taken from the psalms But the average American Catholic has never heard them. Um, Even though they're written into the new mass, they're just not done. And uh, it's so cool to even get that uh, at the old mass, they have those and they're never taken out. Um, And it's just so beautiful But between the music, between more silence, for example, in the Latin mass, the entire Eucharistic prayer is said completely silently. The only thing they say out loud the entire time is when he says to us also those sinners. So it's just a recognition of our sin. Um, which is like super powerful. And so basically it's this totally different, but also the exact same experience um, of, and it uh, and it's really helped me same, you know, same church, same Jesus. And, and one of the biggest things that I like to think about is that a, a, a professor here taught me uh, was, the the phrase uh, more latin. literally I'm saying every latin phrase I know because I know like four. okay <laughs> so I don't I don't know stuff I'm here but, for uh, it the the phrase the lex orandi lex credendi um, as we pray so we believe mm-hmm. um, and so when you have a a parish where there's no kneelers in the church because nobody kneels for communion we are now praying in a way that we believe so mm-hmm. that indicates to me and to everyone else no one takes this whole eucharist thing seriously okay and so you have a bunch of people you know and they're in their tank tops and their shorts and there's no kneelers like that does not communicate to god or to me or to anyone there that we actually believe and um, that is and that is not a judgment on anyone's beliefs there and i'm saying on the flip side of the latin mass just not just because they pray it well doesn't mean they believe it well so that's a whole that's an internal thing yeah but on the flip side then that that experience of okay the women are veiled, the the men are in suits we are kneeling like the whole time there is so much silence there is bells everywhere there's like Mm -hmm. a thousand servers there's (laughs) incense um and like all culminates in the consecration i mean in the elevation it's like whoa maybe we actually believe this and now it feels like we're praying in a way that we do believe Mm -hmm. so anyway that's my long-winded answer uh, so that's kind of the affirmative side of it um, but I love, I mean, Andy and I go to the new mass all the time, like the new mass, I hate to say it normal mass, but that's what we call it. that's what we just say we're going to normal mass um, <laughs> like, I, it's, it's, it's a love both and it, I don't think there's any exclusivity between the two, it's both but when when given the opportunity, it's kind of like you know, do you want to wear a, like, do you want to wear a suit or do you want to wear your jeans? Like the jeans are awesome. Maybe that's a flawed analogy, but it's like, it's kind of fun to put on a suit once in a while and it's really beautiful. And you know what I mean? so that's kind of, that's yeah. kind of my thoughts on that. It's, yeah. Yeah. What about you?
2: Uh, yeah. I, yes, to all of that. Um, so I grew up in a background that was um, predominantly or very, uh, very Orthodox Catholic, very, um, yeah, just my family embraced the fullness of the church and everything else. Um, definitely more charismatic leanings. So that would be, you know, uh, maybe characterized by more out loud prayer and praise and worship and, um, yeah, just that whole realm of things. So that has very much formed my own spirituality. And I love worship so much worship, um, as in like the music stuff Mm -hmm. is a very big part of my prayer life. Um, and, and just things that i I've done in my life and ways that I've encountered the Lord. And Colin started talking about the Latin Mass and raising all these things. And I, part of me at first was just like, stop reading. Like, I don't want to (laughs) change. I don't want to hear about it. Um, But the more that he would tell me, it it kind of bugged me of like, this is something that I actually want to know. And it's cool because, so Colin didn't grow up Catholic. Um, His parents were Episcopal and he ended up, you were, you converted when you were 10, right? So, oh, like a little younger, like, like 7, seven oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, anyway, so not necessarily part of, like, the background to All the Way. My parents met as pretty much youth ministers. And now we have this totally new thing that's totally new to both of us in front of – well, totally old thing that's new. Right, old. yeah. And that was huge and really beautiful. And that's been a beautiful part of our journey as a couple is – Figuring out how to integrate our spiritualities, not just because we want to get along, but because God willing, like we want our kids to not be confused. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just being able to really dive into this and receive it and let it be simple um, and something that I've come to rest in, a truth that I've come to rest in, is I think that the quote-unquote charismatic movement at its best advocates for um, intimacy with the Lord, and that that's what we're bringing about, as we're coming in to the Lord's presence and we're intimate with Him, and the traditionalist movement, quote-unquote, um, would advocate for reverence. And I want my life to just be the ultimate marriage of those two things of reverence and giving God his due and um, his place as king of my life. And at the same time, recognizing the sacrifice of Jesus, which brings me up into that. And I have an opportunity to be intimate with him. And I really found that in the Latin mass and in continuing on with, you know, uh, praise and worship in my own personal prayer and liturgy of the hours and the rosary and all of these beautiful things. Um, but it, it has to really, formed us as a couple and even it's it was really hard for me even to just like we've kind of stepped away from more praise and worship type things in the context of the mass. And I always dreamed that my wedding would be like all this worship and everybody has their hands (laughs) in the air and like, you know, whatever else. And the more that I'm reading about what the church teaches and the place of the mass and and what the mass is, it's like, okay, maybe those are good things, but it's good. The mass isn't the place for it. And maybe I'm opening up a whole different conversation, but um, it just kind of, in some, we decided even just with that, like, we're not having a lot in mass wedding, but we're using Jessica Schuster, who's from Toledo and is super awesome. Um, and she's putting together a whole sacred music group (laughs) for us, which is really cool for our wedding mass. And then the night before my brother, good old Seth Schleter is going to be leading worship (laughs) at the rehearsal dinner. So like just the beautiful, um, marriage of the things that is present in the Catholic church is awesome.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. And I think that what, what I was kind of hearing from both of you there is um, the way that I kind of translated that in my own heart and mind now is like this idea of approaching the Mass less about what do I want out of it and more about like like the words of the priest as, as, as you were talking, I just got flooded with, with the words it is right and just for his, for us to give him praise. Um, and And that unequivocally... I don't think I said that word right. Uh, that, that means that it's about him and it's not mm-hmm. about us.
4: Mm-hmm. So
0: it is right and just if it weren't for the mercy of God for Nick to go to hell. It is right and just because of the mercy of God and the redemption that I've experienced and, and the sanctification that is probably going to go on until I'm in purgatory. Um, but it, it is right and just because God is so good and has been so good to me. For me to just give him everything that I am and that's not on my terms it's not about doing that in a way that makes me feel good it's about doing that in a way that lifts him higher and 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 lets myself be lower so that he can be higher in my own mind Mm -hmm. um and and as you were kind of both sharing your your feelings and thoughts about that like that's that's kind of what I was uh, feeling myself is uh, that's a big part of the distinction to me is like you know, what am I looking for out of the Mass? Am I looking for an experience that makes me feel good? Or am I looking for whatever way possible to just elevate the name of the Lord and to worship and praise Him uh, for His sake, because it is right and just, not not because I deserve anything. I don't deserve, I don't deserve, I forget, who did I get this quote from recently? I don't deserve, I think it was Father Mike Schmitz maybe, or uh, just that I don't deserve a Mass with good music in it. I deserve hell. Um
3: <laughs> uh, I I yeah, I heard him say that. Yeah, that's Okay, really
0: yeah. Good. Um, you know, I don't deserve a mass with a, with a great sermon in it. I deserve hell. If we get a mass that has a great sermon and great music in it, fantastic. But like we have no right to complain for any of those things. Yes. We are our, our number one job is to show up and worship him. Amen. Yeah. Good oh. word. Ah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that was that was a great uh, Catholic weird stuff segment. I think that there's a lot of beauty, you know. And I had never really been interested before in considering it. And um, that's something Alina and I have been talking about a lot. So I got really excited when when you guys shared that you were into that right now. So um, I'm definitely going to keep exploring that personally. And I'd invite our viewers and listeners to uh, kind of investigate, you know, maybe maybe check out a Latin mass and, and just kind of go with an open mind and an open heart and see see what uh, what you find. Um, all right. So you, Annie, your, your blog. So you mentioned on your blog that it is done, but that you're launching something else. Do you want to talk about that at all?
2: Sure. So I started, um, Captivated Freedom. Don't ask me what it means because I have no idea. Oh, but it sounds super
0: hipster. So you're good.
2: <laughs> that, that was kind of the vibe. Yeah. Randy was really <laughs> hipster. Anyway, I don't know what I am now, but not that. So, um, yeah, I had a good run, season for everything. Um, lots of goodness was born out of that, but it's kind of time for a transition. Transitioning out of that, we are going to be starting a website together um, called Wilderness. Oh. And, yeah, it's just a blog that we're both working on um, with pretty much things that we've been talking about tonight and today and um stuff about marriage and family life and and other things that we're passionate about along those lines so um, maybe you'll see a return of the podcast on there (laughs) who knows
4: but we're
2: (laughs) we're working on uh creating some awesome content um just for for our our people
0: yeah that's really cool and you uh you shared with our team earlier that for I don't know if it's for one of you in particular, or for both of you, but there's a real value you're putting in the importance of like order and discipline in your lives, both like physically, emotionally, spiritually. You want to talk about that at all? That seems to be something that you guys are into right now.
2: Yeah, so um, Colin really calls me on in that, so I'll just set him up to answer the question. Okay. <laughs> um, as the person who was communicating with your team, um, <laughs> and, and not totally filling him in on everything. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, Colin, um, we both actually, so Colin was one of the first, or the first high school group to do Exodus 90 when he was in high school. And he decided to do it again a year ago. And I don't, I'm really competitive, and so also have to do it and and it was really good for me and it was born out of that was born a lot more order in my life and we've both gotten really passionate about that just in how like what how we steward our bodies um how we steward our emotions all these things really affect us spiritually and how like making your bed actually is like a way to be holy and cultivate that in your life um I don't know if you want to say anything else on that
3: yeah I think um I don't know it's just something just amusing i, I think about and talk about a lot and i'm the biggest hypocrite of all you know of anyone in terms okay. of living the biggest living, one no not maybe the big, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty big but i'm
2: definitely a hypocrite in terms of i mean i can't talk about this stuff wait, wait. no you can't he, you can't even say you're hypocrite because the whole point of all of it is making goals and striving towards them
3: so that's true boom. um but i think it just being in college um it, the college lifestyle is just terrible. I mean, the way the way people live—they eat unhealthily, they stay up all night, they sleep way in. Um, they, you know, I know so many people, and even and then you go to a Catholic college, and it's even it's even weirder because it's like they stay up all night because they didn't start their holy hour till one a.m. and they wanted to do the holy hour and the rosary after that, and all of a sudden it's it's like, wait, what? I'm so confused. <laughs> So some school people stay out partying, but now you're staying up because you didn't schedule a holy hour. You know what I mean? It's kind of and funny. It's leading
2: you to make and bad so, decisions
0: yeah. because you're not
4: getting enough so, so, sleep. Yeah, Someone so should let them
0: know they can do the rosary during the holy hour.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. just uh, <laughs> throwing I, that out there anyway, as, as, <laughs> as I'm being, I'm an RA on campus and just seeing that something I think about a lot. So basically the thing I, I realized in my own personal life and, and talking to basically everyone I know, especially young men, um, it, it's just the most basic formula. Like, if you can keep your your living space clean, if you can work vigorously, exercise every day, if you can for forty five minutes, if you can pray every day for thirty minutes to an hour, um, and receive the sacraments um, m- weekly, and, and you know, oh, um, right, what's the other thing? Oh, and and eat relatively healthy. Like, you're doing better than ninety nine percent of the whole world. And especially Catholics, and that's like amazing. And if, if people just tried, I think if Catholics just tried to get there, then all the other small stuff—well, uh, like I don't know how to say small stuff, but like even just being evangelical, like talking to people about the faith—I um, literally, I mean, if you can't, uh, if you can't lay that base of just level some level of order, um, I know personally, I, I, I don't even know, I, I, I can't go out to anything further without that simple base of just keeping things clean, eating well, working out, praying, receiving the sacraments. Like that's that's literally it. And basically anytime you talk to anyone of all ages and the, the, the days that people get all those things, um, it's not just about checking boxes. When they get those, people are so thrilled. They're like, it's so funny, I have family members that yeah, when they get those, they, they come home and they're like, oh, I did this and this, I finally got it today. It was so great. And uh, it's so hard to get everything but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's that simple. I mean, there's more, I'm sure, to it, but just that simple order is so good. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and it's just huge for living well. And Annie and I are really trying to do that. And excited for marriage where we can kind of do that together because it's pretty, still kind of relatively separate now.
0: Speaking of marriage, mm. so you're engaged and you're getting yeah. married in May, is that right?
2: May 29th.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, are you, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, Annie, but uh, are you going to be a Stroud?
2: Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: it's the 21st century. I just didn't want to assume anything. Yeah.
2: That's okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do have a friend who put Colin's name in his phone as Colin Schleter. So that was kind of funny, but. It's
3: pretty
0: progressive. <laughs> I actually really
2: appreciate that Stroud is a lot easier to say and to spell. So Fair
0: enough. Yeah.
2: That's
0: happy. Are those both German names? Or, like, Schlieder is obviously German, right? Okay, what is Stroud? Yeah.
3: I, I believe it is, too. I'm not, okay. I'm not
0: super sure. I get we that vibe really from to. it. I'm, you know, I'm not great at telling that because I'm Cuban, and if it's not a romance language, I'm screwed. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, so you're getting married, and I just want to maybe leave off on this on this question. What would you say to a couple that is dating and is curious maybe one of them is ready to go maybe the other one's not like what do you do when you're like <laughs> do we get engaged or do we wait longer or do we break up uh what are your thoughts about that
2: well that's pretty much what our story was <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good setup yeah.
0: i mean, i struggled
3: um, I, 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 Annie was ready to get married. Now, Annie is two years, uh, two grades above me in school and about a year and a half older, year-ish. So, um, year and four months. Annie was in a slightly different life state than me. Um, so, uh, me as a sophomore in college, talking uh, about marriage freaked me out and Annie as a graduating senior in college everyone talks about marriage then especially young Catholic circles mm-hmm. um, so I struggle with that a little bit and um, also
2: in case you aren't able to tell Colin is so beautifully intellectual and likes to read things and get the facts and have supporting evidence and I'm like ah, the sky is blue <laughs> oh! Oh, wow! So it's, that's really interesting when you're just starting marriage.
3: That <laughs> is so like funny. It. Cause I was like, I just need to talk to more people. So I'm going to identify the 10 people who are most influential in my life. I will speak to all of them. <laughs> <spiritually>. <laughs> and I'm like, I just did a blog post. Wow. <laughs> and I need Like I need their express approval for Annie. Oh Otherwise, my gosh. Not happening. Uh, I'm, I'm being silly a little bit there, but it kind of did that. And so, yeah, I think for people that, yeah, I mean, for, it's, I think it's so hard. I think obviously men, you know, initiate that active engagement, but it's totally, a uh, you know, together, you got to figure it out. Like you gotta, you gotta talk through it. And I think there is kind of a, a stereotype of, of women being like, I'm ready to get engaged and the man kind of floundering. That's kind of the stereotype. It's not always that way. I know, I know couples that have the opposite. Um, but I think that, I think that there's a couple different things, but if, I think that the, mo- the most common thing, especially among good um, like religious people, is that you actually are called to marriage, and it actually is a good thing. Mm. And you're just terrified too. So, like, I won't mm. even talk about if you shouldn't get married. Basically, I think if your both sets of parents hate, like, hate you guys, then you probably shouldn't. That's probably the first rule it's, of that. If, that's they're what my, good. if they're good parents, that's what my, uh, <laughs> yeah. my dad always said. He's like, if we ever say, like, he goes, you better listen to us because <laughs> we have to like her too. And anyway, but I think that. I think that
2: they like um, me though. You should say the that. Com- oh, they love
3: me. The <laughs> Common problem though is you got like really good people and everyone in their life approves of it and says go for it. And they're just like floundering around because of age or money mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Or, or all kinds of stuff. And so, my, my relatively newfound idea and advice to most men would be say, go for it. Like, do it because it's not people aren't saying i don't think i'm called to marriage i'm not sure if she's the one they're like i love her i know i'm called to marriage she's the one but honestly i only make this amount of money a year and i'm not sure if it's right i'm like are you serious you know i just think that's uh that's a really uh that's not a very catholic answer and it's not a very pro-life you know just openness um to to god's plan and to life answer and so i think that would be my advice so I'm imagining probably same thing.
2: Yeah, similar. I I would definitely say that. I think the thing I hear from women the most is just like, oh, I don't want to get married right away and I don't want to have kids right away, but I really love him and he's the one. But also like, I want to travel the world and have this job and whatever else. And I'm not the epitome of faithfulness to the Lord at all by any stretch of the imagination. But the way that I was. Um but to stay here at Ave Maria, even though this was not part of my plan at all, I have just reaped the benefits and felt so much peace and um, experienced just like righteousness, like just this right way of living by um, being engaged in pursuing this. And, and I think that, yeah, go for it because the Lord, when he calls you to something, he's still going to fulfill all those other desires of your heart and mm-hmm. they might take surrender and you might have to lay them down on the altar, but he's going to fulfill them in ways that are bigger than you dreamed. Um, and it, yeah. And if you're not a little bit scared, <laughs> then you're probably doing something wrong or you're lying to yourself because there can be like peace that also, uh, coexists with understanding the gravity. So, mm-hmm. uh, and go for it would
0: be yeah, the totally. um, shortened answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love both of those answers. Um, and Colin with yours, like I started thinking about when um when I used to do more focused work on marriage and family life stuff. Um, and I would do workshops for engaged couples. I would talk to them about how like in our society right now, there's this uh, approach that is being taken. You know, it's it's an unspoken thing where you wait until you're ready to get a divorce to get married you're you wait until both people are financially stable enough to support themselves and have their careers figured out and they've both graduated and all this stuff. And then you get married. Um, and, and it's like, why? Uh, I I feel, I feel like based on hearing both of your responses, just super moved by the idea of like, man, if you know you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, that's why you get married. Not because, Mm -hmm. not because you're ready. Um, The idea of being ready is bullcrap nobody's ever ready you know we've been married eight years and i'm still not ready i could be a way better husband yeah Um,
3: that's that's what definitely i think about um is yeah there's no that ready word is so silly and there's there's really no such thing i mean that's the thing is that some people think we're crazy because we're so young i'm i'm 21 i don't be 22 um after we get married and mm -hmm. so it's like i mean uh the thing is that there's such a good there's so many witnesses of, of good couples that have done that but at the same time we're we're not going to be more ready at 24 i mean we we will be more other stuff i'll probably have less hair and uh <laughs> and uh, i'll probably have more money and i'll be a little more mature but at the same time that that i just don't think that's necessarily um the most consequential thing. so
0: yep. yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah i was i was crazy in love with alina at 18 and it's only because we are doing things the way people do it now that we went seven years with a tumultuous and terrible heartbreaking story instead of being married all those years, you know, but anyways, all right, guys, here we are. You're in love. You're going to get married. It's exciting. You've very faithfully left enough room for the Holy spirit since you're still just engaged throughout this interview. So thank you. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, seriously, this has been such a joy. You guys are beautiful people. And, um, I, I want to speak on behalf of uh, everybody when I say that I'm excited for Wilderness um, and for any forthcoming podcast and blog ventures you might have there in Wilderness.
2: <laughs> Thank you. We received that.
0: Good. You have no choice. Um, <laughs> any parting words?
2: Parting words?
0: Your parting words?
2: Uh, my parting words is that this has been awesome, and we, yeah, gosh, Nick, thank you for your yes. I know this is a show that other people are watching, so I'm, I'm just going to speak on behalf of all of your other people.
3: <laughs> yes, we we'll all speak on behalf.
2: <laughs> and thank you for your yes and for your beautiful family and just the testament to everything that the Lord offers that you guys are living out. So we love you guys and you. everything. that you doing
0: thank you so much i'm so excited for you guys and uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this in your busy floridian schedules and the in the warmth um (laughs) all right well stay in touch guys and if you want links to uh the blog called captivated freedom r.i.p that will be linked in the show notes and if you want uh to check out the colin and annie show podcast r.i.p that will be listed in the (laughs) show notes uh but there will be actual social media links as well that are still alive and kicking. Um, All right, everybody, this has been the awakened Catholic show. And I have been Nick Delatore for you. And this has been Colin Stroud and Anne Marie Schleter or Annie Schleter. And um, they're doing awesome stuff for the kingdom. I'm just a dude trying my best and I hope you're doing your best. And if not come back next time and maybe you could do even better.